0: Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast, a mini series of anecdotes and interviews tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. On today's UU interview, where I ask juicy questions to people that move me, I asked Makanaka Tue to join me. Makanaka is a nyanduri, a storyteller, and her work flows between the intersections of embodied self-care, collective wellness, and social justice. This means that I will intersperse my questions from a range of topics, politics to personal memories and fashion and exploring some of the offerings that you've co-created and dreamed up and that feel really unique and inspiring to me. I am so excited to have you here. <laughs> oh,
1: Tatinda thank you so much for inviting me and for having me. It means a lot.
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> I second that. It means so much. I'm quoting you here, as we flow through the internal waters, eternal waters of change, we need a space where our wellness and well-being aren't separate from the social justice action that is necessary in our societies. Yep, that's right. (laughs) Maka is a kaleidoscopic creative, a deeply kind and loving person. These are my impressions of you. I'm not quoting you now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm, Maka. To you and I'm like, I'm gonna add this into my bio. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Maka, first off, welcome and thank you for spending time with me. Mm. Would you please give us with an introduction? Of course.
1: So thank you again for having me. So Moroi, Maneru, Kiora, good evening. Hello. Um, whatever greetings you use out there wherever you are. My name is Maka Tue. And I guess, you know, in short, I'm a researcher, I'm an educator, and I'm a cultural producer. And as Ruru mentioned before, my work flows at the intersections of embodied self-care, collective wellness, and social justice. So I think essentially what that means is that I'm a bit of a polymath, um, and over the years I've been able to sort of, narrowed down, but not necessarily, maybe narrowed down is not the word for it, but I've been able to sort of zone in on what it is um, that my offerings and my work touch and those are the waters um, my work sort of flows in.
0: So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thank you. Before I start with my questions, I wanted to share to those listening that you and I were born in Zimbabwe. Yes, we were. While I only had my first year of life there and have yet to return, I carry with me always my name, a Shona Mm. name, as do you. (laughs) Shona is one of the national languages of Zimbabwe, again, for anyone not aware. Mm. For me, Zimbabwe is such a tender and beautiful part of me, and I wanted to honor you for the connection that affords me I hope that this is received in the way that I've intended it because Mm. I wonder how many other children born of other lands who are never returned but meet someone from that place. Mm. I I wonder if they feel this thing that I'm (laughs) feeling now. (sighs) Yeah.
1: I think... I think so. I I feel the same whenever I come across people that sort of share like similar backgrounds with me. Either, you know, we're born in the same place or we speak a similar language or it kind of feels like there's some ancestral kinship tie there, Like, like we've played together before in another lifetime. So, no, I definitely feel that and I receive that. And I think... Rudo means love, and I think you're such a personification of your name. So, I think you were aptly <laughs> you were aptly named, and I love that you were named. You were gifted a shona name, and that you were, you know, born in Morewa, Zimbabwe as well. I was born mm. in Gweru. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I th- often think about the mythology of names mm. and how it can project us into who we're who we are or perhaps speak to what we've inherited
1: mm, i agree i think names are so are so powerful and they're so i think there's a there's a bit of foreboding that happens um with names a bit of foretelling whether it's the gifts that you have or whatever you personify so my name means Makanaka, which is beautiful and my parents sort of named me off the, in the context of Māori Makanaka, which is you know god or creator you were beautiful so whenever I think I think I was going through a process of sort of resheding, um aspects of who I was and I was sort of thinking now who am I without all these other things and the first thing that came back to me was makanaka you were beautiful so whatever it is that you are or whatever it is that you extend or however it is that you show up in the world make sure it is a glorification of that make sure that you are beautiful and not just in that, you know, aesthetic way. Cause, you know, we do serve looks, ow. <laughs> but also in the sense that, you know, you make people feel seen, you make people feel beautiful, you make the environment beautiful, whatever it is, that you just sprinkle a beautiful beauty on it. So, yeah, yeah, beauty is
0: not passive at all, it's active. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Can we return to Zim in just a few words, perhaps? Of course. (laughs) Like, what smells, what sounds, what feelings arise for you when you recall family or place? Mm.
1: I always say when I think about Zimbabwe, I think about the soil and the earth, you know, whenever I feel really, really homesick or I'm about to go through a major life transition, um, I always tell my partner that I'm craving the taste of the soil and I can feel it in parts of my body. I can feel it in my in my back and my bones. And it's just this aching desire to almost just like I guess like rub my face um, in the soil so whenever I think about Zimbabwe I think about the red soil whenever I smell it I smell we have like Indian summers where it's like it rains but it's really hot and when the rain hits the ground that rich red soil the smell of it the thing that I see I see lots of stones you know Zimbabwe is Zimbabwe which I guess depending on the translation that's used is you know how of Stone or House of the Revered Chiefs. So I think of stone formations. My mom is from the Masingo province. So growing up, you know, we grew up in Gutu, going to the village where her people were from. And just outside the compound, it's just heaps and heaps of stones on each other. So we just used to run up those stones as kids. So I guess, yeah, it's interesting that my reflections and my memory of Zimbabwe are very much earth, earth-based, that touch, that smell, and that interaction with um, the natural elements
0: oh yeah Ooh, I love that I'm surprised <laughs> by that reply that's awesome <laughs> I also think about
1: food um, because I do love food and food loves me too we have this incredible relationship so I do think about the food but I think going back to the soil whenever I start sometimes when I feel like that I know that I am aching deeply for something so I also think that there's a relationship between soil, earth and a sense of belongingness, because I feel like the parts in, in me that do miss that soil when I have that ache for home are the parts of me that feel like something was excavated or taken out of me. That sense of like really feeling at home or like a sense of belongingness. So I think there's something there with that soil connection and that earth earth thing. but.
0: Yeah. Yes. Plant imagery works mm. really well. Like when we think about us being transplants or, mm. you know, even the concept of native, like I am <laughs> native to, like we talk about that with plants as well.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, using the analogy of being transplanted, it's like, I was this tree that, you know, native to Zimbabwe. But here I am on in different whenua and, you know, while that whenua has been kind in, in some aspects and has received me in some aspects and has been able, I always say that uh, New Zealand's has, has has softened me and allowed me to connect to ancestral technologies or ways of being that I would have never been able to access if I was back in Zimbabwe. But still, I think it's that, you know, that thing around when you move your plant from one pot to another pot, like... Ooh, it might grow, but it's gonna be a different type of growth because it's been moved from its from its soil. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Feeling it. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> it's so apparent that you are in Yanduri. Um, <laughs> can we talk about that word? It's mm. a Shona word and can you share with us something about it? Um it's really
1: beautiful because I think when I when it comes to my Shona skills, I am a I'm more of conversational than I am written or with you know extra um, proverbs and everything. But I've been gifted with a beautiful cousin, and then Shona, he's I'm not, he's not my cousin. I'm his mbuya, so his mamezukuru, which means you know I'm his grandmother or I occupy the role and responsibility of grandmother. And so in that, you know, we have a really beautiful close relationship. So. I was pulling together the apothecary and I was like, I've been calling myself a storyteller. And while that encapsulates, you know, the offerings that I do, that I do, that I do um, share with the world. I wonder what the word for storyteller is in Shona. So I sent him a quick message and I was like, musuguru. I call him, I'm like, which means, you know, grandmother's beloved grandchild. I was like, what's the Shona word? For for storyteller And he came back and he said Oh that's a duty." And so then we had a conversation about Essentially like what the word encapsulated And what it meant And I think when I use it to share I guess my practice Or what it is that I offer to the world It's around someone who likes to tell stories Or somebody who has the gift of storytelling And I think Yeah, it's so beautiful because I think the ability to tell stories or at least to write is such an alchemical process. I always think of it as you're channeling messages from the divine, you're channeling messages from your own ori, which is you know your head, and these you know Yoruba mythology about how that's your that's the deity that you serve, and that you know that's why you must always keep a clean heart and a pure mind because you know you're in service to that so being able to write and being able to sort of weave stories just feels like this process of just channeling you know so mm. yeah it feels really alchemical so I guess when I think of a yanduri I'm thinking of all of those things pulled together
0: mm. yeah and also you mentioned the the genesis of your apothecary mm. what does that word mean to you
1: Hmm. So I think apothecary traditionally means someone who like makes like medicines and like drugs and I thought about it and I sort of um, I see it as a space where we kind of offer potent medicine of healing and journeying to the collective wellness and it's interesting that you shared one of the things that I've um, shared on the website around needing a space where our social justice action isn't separate from our well-being and wellness because I think when I think Or when I look look at the multiple and like intersecting crises of our time I sort of see Sistemahlo Apothecary as an offering where, you know That wellness and well-being is centered as we are, you know Fighting for our rights We are actioning towards social justice We are asking and working towards a fairer and more just world Where, you know, our tamariki and our mokopuna can really like thrive and everyone can thrive so yeah when I think of a puff of curry I'm like I'm not selling any I guess well I do sell like medicines and the and potions in the sense of like oils and stuff but the thing really that we're offering here that and is, is the medicine of the potential that we have to to heal holistically so yeah it's like a one-stop shop yep. <laughs> of <Yep>. sorts
0: <laughs> Yeah, so the the literal and the and the metaphoric in terms of apothecary. Mm, yeah. So how does that connect to embodied uh
1: self-care? Um so embodied is uh when we speak around embodied, it's the it's the physical presence of the body. And as you know, our physical presence and the characteristics that have been assigned to our bodies are a precondition to the emotions, thoughts, and language that people use when we have our social, when we have social interactions. So, a lot of the powers that are replayed, we think around social injustices and inequities, are played out within our bodies too. Because, for all for all this for all these systems and mechanisms to have worked for over four hundred years, they have to have had an impact on our on not only our minds but our bodies and how they interact. And on the other hand, self care is around the intention and holistic practices that one takes um, to look after their mind, body, physical health and and mental well-being. So by embodying self-care, it's like you're bringing a sort of special attention to the body. And so the hopes is that when you become or have an awareness with your body and enter into a relationship with it, you become aware of the relationships that you have around you. And that way as you're journeying through a consciousness shift, either through you know, anti-racist education or learning around intersectionality and all those other elements, you're also embodying an aspect of looking after yourself that way you're able to transform the relations that you have and interactions you have with others. Because I think, I find it interesting a lot of times when we talk about social justice is that in some activist spaces, you will find elements Of a stifling either of creativity Of like you know Weird interactions like power plays And my question is always If we want to go and change the world out there That's great but how do we change the relationship That we have with each other How do we you know enter those beautiful relations So I guess by embodying self care And paying that attention to the body You're sort of bringing awareness to sort of Relationships that you have And I guess when I speak of the self It's not just about you as an individual It's about your family It's about your community It's about your ancestors, it's about earth. So by embodying self-key, also embodying, I guess, a commitment to nurture all of that whole entire web of relations.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, let me add to that Mm. in saying that when you talk about navigating the social justice world, Mm we are often taught to ignore some of our gut instincts Mm. or bypass it to get us to like a more evolved state. And Mm. so by including embodied Mm. into that, you are able to say, no, my reactions are mine. Mm. I'm responsible for them, but I'm also going to honor them because Mm. my body is a compass for what I'm seeing, what mm. I'm experiencing, and therefore by living more deeply in my body, mm. that is paying it forward to the movement, but paying it forward to my own sense of mm. wellness, right? Exactly, and you're absolutely right. And also I think what it
1: does, it is offers us an opportunity to really live out the futures that we're imagining, You know know what I mean? Making us more
0: vital. (laughs) We are going to survive this. (laughs) Not just survive, but thrive.
1: Exactly. Because, you know, it's like we, we can say, oh, we want a future where love is the ethic. Why is love not the ethic in this moment? Um, why are we not, like you're saying, for instance, you know, honoring, you know, that gut instinct, you know, that gut instinct, what we're hoping that you know, in a future world, we're able to listen to because things are much better. Why can't that be our, you know, as you said, our camp, our compass? So yeah. I definitely feel you on that.
0: Also, like pleasure is mm. part of the revolution here. <laughs> so, like embodied, also being this kind of like space of truly being sensual like sensual doesn't necessarily have to always be erotic although eroticism is where i love to live (laughs) (laughs) but the sensuality Mm. of this is is literally like all of the senses exactly and i think we
1: need to like return to a space where we see our bodies as as sites of joy and pleasure and and peace and All of these beautiful things because the fact that we yearn for them means that like there's some part of us, some ancestral memory in our body that remembers it, that yearns it that yearns for it so much that, you know, we're now in a space but we are really desiring it, but we are making it a part of the of the revolution or continuing to make it a part of the revolution because, you know, there have been incredible activists and artists out there who have scented, you know, pleasure and joy in their practice, you know, from Audrey Lord, Tony Cade Bambara, Helma A. A. F. Clint. When I saw um her artwork oh, you in went. Wellington
0: Her work is phenomenal.
1: I sat in every single room and every moment, I think I had to take a moment to cry. I was just so overcome with, um, with emotion, with a connectivity to a passion to someone who really centered a reverence of the dream space into their work. And I'm you know, and I was like, what would it mean if we centered the dream space and our practice and social justice, you know, all of those things. So yeah, I think it's 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 vital because that's essentially what we're hoping our Mokopuna and have, a space to dream, to enjoy pleasure, to be joyful, to to center love and everything. So why not start now? You know mm. what have we got to lose? <laughs> yeah,
0: if not now, when? Exactly. Mm. <laughs> mm. So all of this has culminated into the well. Yes, it has. Shall we dip our toes?
1: Yes, of course we can. So the well is one of the initiatives that we offered through Systematic Apothecary, and it's a ten-week workshop series, and we journeyed through conversations around race, culture, and identity.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you do. I I mean, three of my favorite topics, race, culture and identity. <laughs> it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's
1: a really, um, it's a really, uh, and not to be biased, but it's a really beautiful space because I think something that I noticed in and out of different conversations and spaces that I've been in is that when we don't really have an understanding of the roots of some of these social constructions, there's no way we can really tend to that healing You know what I mean It's like going to a doctor or your naturopath Or your healer with uh, with a symptom they can, they can treat the symptom But it's actually better for them to address the root cause And once yeah. that root cause has been addressed It tends for better healing So I think that these conversations And the space that we've created within the well Is so beautiful for that Because we do need to know um, The beginning of these constructions Why things like grace was constructed why gender and the gender binary is absolute cack, and why we need to to start thinking beyond it and return to a place where we think and you know embody being beyond it. So yeah, I think that's what the space is essentially around. You know, speaking to those constructions and really exploring how they've impacted. The relationship that we have with ourselves, the relationship that we have with others, the community around us, as well as society. Because when these constructions were made, they just didn't serve, you know, like the system. They also caused ruptures in, in how we see ourselves, we see each other, and we interact with the world around us. So,
0: yeah, that's a bit about the wow. <laughs> mm, to check out more um i will have in the show notes a little bit about that but actually it's in- incredibly easy to find on google as well so the the other aspect of your offering are these upcoming events that you're hosting mm you've got a few right you've got one about hair yeah i've got quite a few coming
1: up um and it's been so beautiful to sort of get into a space where i can slowly start to co-create more spaces and offer more things um with other people and i think it's just a note and a reminder to myself that it's okay for things to to take time and to you know do it bit by bit but the first upcoming event is on the 8th of may and it's titled don't touch my hair and it's around anti-blackness and hair discrimination anti-blackness is essentially the devaluation and prejudice that people have towards black people their values and the objectives and ways of life and one of the ways that it manifests is hair discrimination so the interactive workshop will be sort of about sort of around exploring what those two things are but also uh we'll have like a poetry writing exercise. Oh. Yeah, I'll share stories around different the role of hair and different cultures and stuff to sort of mm. anchor it in the this is what it's been made to be through the system but this is also how, what it means like for um, for black people and black communities. I think what also happens sometimes when we talk about these topics, there can be a tendency to have like a like a deficit, but also I think a lot of my practice now has been remembering to return to my centre. Mm. So my centre is knowing that my head is my crown. Mm-hmm. The system might, you know, might discriminate against it. You know, there might be policies and schools and dress codes. Workplaces might deem it unprofessional, but that's not my centre. So I think Mm. yeah merging um the theory and what's happening societally with returning it back to sort of what it means for us is also really important for me so that's one event that's coming up so juicy
0: yeah oh my goodness
1: (laughs) and I'm so lucky to be able to co-host it with someone whose mind I absolutely froth over Oh yeah Adele Norris is an incredible scholar and thinker. And I've always wanted to work with her. Um, and we've been friends for over a number of years. And we've always just, you know, said, we'll work together one day. So when this sort of came about, it was like perfect. Um, because, you know, he discrimination, anti-blackness, race, like policy discrimination, police states, that's that's her whole year. She's been mm. writing and speaking and talking to it for for years now, so yeah, it's awesome to work with a with somebody I see as a sister, but also as an elder within the practice. Mm. Yeah, oh, I'm excited for that. <laughs> and then the other event that's coming up towards the end of may is titled tending to our roots and it's going to be like a family tree exercise and when we say family you know it spans like chosen family adopted family um your kin your friends your lovers your community so it'd be an exercise to sort of look at the spaces in which ruptures have been caused but also look at how we can
0: tend to them by
1: you know looking at the relationships that we have in our life so, yeah, mm. <laughs> loving the
0: plant metaphors so much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love trees and trees love me. <laughs> yes. It's such an immediate way to feel OK for for like for as long as I can remember. I've been hugging trees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. It really
1: is. And they just, they just they've seen it all. They've experienced it all. And I think even the wisdom that they have on their journey through the different seasons, I'm like, I'm like, I've only been here for about 28 years and a couple of months. Who the fuck do I think I am? <laughs> when here you are shedding your leaves and going to sleep it's winter. I'm hibernating too. So, you know, they also have that, just that wisdom about them and I just think they're so gorgeous as well, just and
0: so yeah. varied in their personalities, right? When I came here, I was just like, <laughs> "You are different trees. I've been dreaming of you, but mm. you are so
1: different." Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> they sort of wave and and move in a real, like, beautiful. I have a I have this thing around how trees and our tanoa really speak. I guess they speak everywhere else, but I think over here it's just like, it's the first thing you sort of see. Other places, it usually takes me a little bit of time to sort of get my bearings and figure out what's happening. But the trees in this phenom are just singing. Yeah.
0: And those freaking alien magical tui birds, right? (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I have (laughs) never, never heard an animal like the tui. <laughs> what is this place? Magic. Yeah. You know,
1: a magical place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, speaking of magic. Oh, oh, oh. I love this. I love this. Yeah. I wanted to talk about or ask you mm. to share like a little bit about what kind of adornments you love to use or like mm. do you resonate with the word talisman? Like do you have talismans? I wouldn't say I
1: have talismans, but I love wearing my rings. You know, my friends always laugh and they say, when I, when I were like, I think when I came out to one of them, she was like, oh girl, I already knew. And I was like, Huh? She's like, you have those billion, gajillion, millions of rings on you, of rings on you all the time. <laughs> so it's a running joke that I am never without without my rings, whether they look different or they There's just always at least one to three on my fingers. So I love that. But in terms of like adornment and stuff. I think I've shared with you before. I'm a prayer girl, you know, and I think either that's my Pentecostal Baptist upbringing, but I think it's also a practice that's been passed down ancestrally. You know, um, a lot of our grandmothers worked with with prayer. A lot of my mother, my mother, well, my mother prays. Wow, my father prays. It's it's beautiful. It's just mm. the most. I don't know it's something about it and I know that I am covered in like the most ancient prayers through throughout clan's line. so I feel like that's the adornment that I put on myself so ooh yeah and I think it's that it's coming back again to that that storyteller thing around the power of words. So speaking particular words over me, over myself, being able to be in a relationship with spirit and source or Mwari, to be able to share my desires, my needs, lament, everything. I feel like I do it myself in that. And I also feel really connected to that because it's something that I don't have to go outside of myself to connect with, you know? So if i don't have a bit of coin you know to buy the oils and the things that i would normally need you know for my spiritual baths or mm-hmm. whatever i still i still have my words yes If I go to a different part of the world, where, for instance, I can't—I remember when we were traveling through Morocco and stuff—they had this whole thing about shawafas, so you can't necessarily have your tarot cards out. And when we would read them for each other, but the girls would be would try and you know be away from like locals and stuff. Mm. So it's like if I can't be in spaces where I can't pull out my tarot card or pull out a little pendulum. I've got my prayer, Yep. you know, no matter where I am, I could be walking in the street. I could be in a meeting. I can just, and it's just that power of words. So I think as I've gotten older, that's really become my, my thing, yes. my rings, because I just love, you know, to hear a little bit of that and <laughs> prayer, because the word is so powerful. Mm. Yeah. And I guess that's all you ever have as a person as well. Is, it's your word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it's my That's my, <laughs> that's <Good>. my adornment.
0: <laughs> Ooh. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And what about favorite kinds of textures or colours that you enjoy wearing?
1: Ooh. Textures and colours that I enjoy wearing. I feel like I dress according to my mood.
0: I'm loving this
1: yeah so there's this meme that was going around on instagram and it's essentially um matilda the movie and it's like matilda the brother the mom and the dad and someone the caption was something along the lines of like a lesbian wardrobe and i was no. like <laughs> and i was like that is me because on any day of the week, you can either find me as the little boy, dressed like a little boy, oh, like yeah. Matilda, the mom or the dad. Like it's just ranging between those four spectrums. So What a pantheon. <laughs> it really is. One day I might be in slides and baggy jeans. The next I might be in like heels of pink fur coat and bright red lipstick. Um, the next day I might do... Anything, so I think I'm more or less stressed to to how I'm feeling and in that moment. And I think I've over the years I've always let myself have a little bit of fun with fashion and how I look. And I feel like uh, right now I'm on the verge of sort of transitioning into how I uh, how I know I'm supposed to look like as I enter my thirties. So, oh my goodness, <laughs> as you enter your
0: thirties, killing me. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta have a look for every decade. (laughs) Watch the space, y'all. As I enter my 30s, I'm crying. You're so tickled, I love you. You're like, bloody hell. All these young people. (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> it's pretty cool though that age has nothing to do with who's inspired and leading and nothing like age is nothing these days literally nothing
1: like and i think that's the that's the best part about it just i think people are always like oh you're now entering a time when it's all gonna go downhill from me and i'm like Shut keep up. that to yourself because that's not- aging is a gift and I think I've been really lucky because I've got so many people around me who are just, I have intergenerational relationships. So I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily see age, just see your soul, what we connect and we vibe with. And we just go with that. Like, I think age is another thing that's been, you know, twisted around to make.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's 30, 60, 40, 60,
1: 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, you know? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I grew up with my grandmother and oh my God, there was this moment where a doctor made a house call, I think potentially because she was recovering from a broken hip. But honestly, I can't remember the time frame, but I remember doctor coming to check her at home and (laughs) she was like doing the most like profane <laughs> things to him and being like check my heart rate now <laughs> she's like how you want me <laughs> like, Maybe. and she blew my mind like this concept of like mm. uh you get sexless the older you get which is like the most ridiculous thing in the entire world
1: yeah and it's like you know it's like that people think that people should put away that flirtatiousness that playfulness it's like do what you want you know it's a it's a relatively free world relatively
0: christian mind <laughs> you know we can come back to that one later <laughs> <laughs> okay well what songs when someone puts on a song for you mm-hmm. and you like are like oh yes like what is that song for you i'm loving because my partner's always like every
1: song's your song huh babe <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite it's true because it'll be in the car we will be in the house i mean i'm like oh yes that's my song i'll be like big tune and it's like every song okay every i love song. that <laughs> but at the moment I love to dance. I love, love, love Afrobeat. There's a song by an artist called Fowls. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but it's called Finesse. And basically it just goes, you know, happiness. If I broke you know, my business, you know, basically just talking about enjoying. Uh, and the beat is so catchy. And it's to a point where the other day I... I'm in a Discord channel with some um, wahine that I collaborate with. And one of them put in a channel called Past the Orcs. She was like, oh my God, the video clip's out. And I kid you not, I was in the middle of writing something and I stood up and I I danced my ass off. <laughs> like I was on all fours on the floor. Ugh. So I would say it's that song right now. But who knows, I might walk out through this door and it could be something else. But that's all to say that I love music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anything funky with the beat, anything fun, mm-hmm. uh, anything that makes you move, that makes you feel... I love it when you feel the bass and it ripples through you and you just have this oh, the big grin on your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I don't know if you have checked out my sound system, but this thing will run through you and make you fall down on your knees
1: i know you have some wicked house parties or or like dance like lounge parties Mm -hmm. that's what you need Mm -hmm. you know when you can feel it go (laughs) vibrating on the on the floor and everything but yeah that would be my song right
0: now nice finesse i'll put that on the thing do you have public playlists are you that are you that girl yes i do um so i also
1: run a club night called afro days because you're not gonna Keep it funky in me. I always laugh that like my alter ego um, is Makarina. And I think Makarina ran my life for most of my <laughs> early 20s. Oh, she's a wild thing. Um, but I feel... I
0: think <laughs> I met her once
1: or twice. I always say to people, if you've met her, Oh. <laughs> love her but um afro days is like a club night that we that i host and it's strictly afrobeat uh, or music of the african diaspora and so i also curated playlist um and i I haven't updated it for a while but at a time when i have time and space i usually update it every single week and i have this running joke with my partner again she's just like this playlist update is for you (laughs) and i'm like Yep, yeah, and I'm just lucky that everyone else enjoys it. So, it's currently on Spotify, and it's Afro Days Fridays, and yeah, it's it's a good
0: time. It is. <laughs> I've been to a few Afro Days, and they are amazing. <laughs> and I love being the minority on <laughs> the dance floor. I'm like one of the only white girls there, and I'm like, I'm okay with this. Please ignore me. <laughs>
1: And knowing just how everyone loves... And I think I love that space because it really embodies what it's like back home when you go out. You just dance, you know. It don't matter who the next person is, who they are, where they're from, what they do for a living. None of that matters. It's just about we're going to groove. Like, we're just going to groove and have a good time, so...
0: (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to find a dance space? Yeah, that's why I started. I was
1: just like... I was like, I'm so tired of going to the club and people bumping into me and walking and standing around. I was like, unacceptable. the dance floor is for dancing, you yeah. know? And I know I feel like sometimes people feel insecure about how they move their bodies, but it's like, no, that's your body. And it just moves how it wants to move. Like there's this dance teacher, Otis is really beautiful. And I do some of his Afrobeat dance classes on Tuesday nights. Whoa. And he does this thing where like, I used to dance when I was much younger and then I stopped. So for now it feels like my head and my body do different things when it comes to choreography. And so I remember feeling like, Oh shit. Like I know I can dance, but when it comes to now following instructions, my, like my mind has just been academic, you know, and and messed with in that regard. And then I remember him saying, it doesn't matter about what it looks like. Just you listen to the beat of the music and you do what your body wants you to do. And I was like, That's actually all it is. It doesn't matter what you look like or what it looks like. If you and your body feel the fullness of joy as you're moving, then fuck yeah. If anybody wants to laugh, then I feel sorry for them because that just tells me a lot about you. Like why are you on the dance floor looking at the next man? Like, you know what I
0: mean? Like Mm. you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. So, Mm. so yeah. Yeah. I feel very sorry for people listening to this that are not, (laughs) in <laughs> you can follow the playlist and catch the vibes there. But, you know,
1: wherever you are, I do hope that you you dance in whichever way you possibly can. That's safe for you as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. What a beautiful thing to offer. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you. What a blessing. Mm. You heard it here, people. Mm. Oh, oh. I feel like I was so excited that I asked you all my questions in rapid fire speed. Mm. I'm going to move into the frequently asked questions that I ask all my beautiful guests.
1: Awesome. It's all
0: good. (laughs) (laughs) But before we move into that space, I just wanted to be able to let you know that in the show notes, I am putting in the offerings that Makanaka and I were talking about um, during this whole entire thing. I feel like... We tried to keep it light. We tried to keep it broad. But the opportunity to go deep is there for you when the time is right for you, dear listener. So I will provide the Mm. doorway. (laughs) And you step on through whenever you're ready, beautiful souls. So, you ready for this?
1: Yes, I am. Fire them through. Okay.
0: (laughs) Given the option to travel to other solar systems. And visit extraterrestrial life, or or you have to choose the gift of flight here on Earth. Which would you choose?
1: Oh, baby, I'm going to the moon and meeting the aliens. Noise (laughs) in a heartbeat. In a
0: heartbeat. Like in a heartbeat. (laughs) No questions about it. Get me out (laughs) of here. This is like clearly my sifting question to find out who of my friends believe in aliens.
1: Me, mm.
0: <laughs> I love you, Maka.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without getting too much into it, how can you not? <laughs> you know? like You would be surprised.
0: You would be surprised. <sighs> Boo, nah. <laughs> well, we, we fly all the time on Earth and we you know with our herbs and things, so...
1: Yeah, and I'm also like... These
0: planes,
1: you know, there's so many different, there's so many transportation. <laughs>
0: I'm like, there's so many transportation devices to move me around the earth. I am waiting for my hovercraft.
1: Uh, you know, I've been saying the same thing. I remember growing up and everyone saying that around this time, we're all going to have little mini jetpacks.
0: Mm. I'm like, where the fuck is my jetpack? Apparently, know, just- New Zealand is where all the inventions lie. And there has been someone who oh. has created a jetpack, but priced out of any kind of rational use but there is a (sighs) jetpack kiwi
1: ingenuity well hopefully get my hands on one Mm. you know but yeah there's just so many different teleportation devices on earth why not teleport out so I think that would be my answer get me out of here solar system aliens the works (laughs)
0: excellent (laughs) my next question It's going to be tricky for you, I think. Mm. My mama told me about a recent piece in Discovery Magazine that stated learning another language makes you a better person.
1: Mm.
0: Having said that, what language or what, sorry, what word in another language has deep resonance or import with you that you want to share right now?
1: Mm. I think at the moment we've been playing around with like different like names that we can offer ourselves um, as we deepen into our union with my partner and this is uh, I think it's, I've, is it, it's either Zulu on Ndebele. I need to look more into it but it's sinekaya which means we have a home or we have home and I feel like that's a word that's been really resonating with me as I've sort of you know, welcomed myself back into my body, which is my first home, as I felt more at home and a sense of belongingness after being an outsider for more than half my life. Mm. I guess, nesting and, and building a home with my partner as well. So I think it's, yeah, Kaya. Yeah, that was very
0: <laughs> moving for me. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> as we approach the end of this episode, I would be remiss if I did not take a moment to voice gratitude. (laughs) Gratitude to the guides and inspirational elements that support me through this process. So thank you first to the pivotal role of self-care and wellness in our lives. Mm -hmm. Thank you to this blue and green earth that support my life and to the flora and fauna that create the equilibrium and beauty Mm -hmm. I love to see. Thank you to the ancestors that dwell within these bones and in the veil which often overlaps and whispers in our ears and thank you to the people in my life the network of support and unconditional love in which i rest thank you to bjorn for engineering producing and supporting the packaging up of this podcast Thank you to Makanaka for your time and your words and your sharing and your giggles. I don't think I've laughed this hard in an episode before. That's just <laughs> so sorry for y'all. Did you hear me cackle? <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for your time and for choosing to engage and play with me. Kakite te ano